Robson Civil. With over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience, visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au. BJ Howes Metal Land, the coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. Welcome to Saturdays on the Coast. And a very, very good welcome from Terrigal Surf Club. This is Saturdays on the Coast. My name is Michael Butner, and joining me is Gary the Guru Bergenshaw. Gary, welcome G'day to the program. G'day, Butes. How are you, mate? Beautiful mate, day here at Terrigal. Certainly is, mate. It doesn't get much better. Sun's shining. Uh, the, there's a few people in the uh, out in the ocean at the moment, but um, I guess the, t- uh, the conditions aren't really up to, or more so the... Uh, the temperature, not the temperature, but the conditions of the water. Pretty filthy after what we've had. Some horrible rain over the last, well, mate, it seems like forever. Has, have you stopped building that ark yet? No, just about just about completed it and, and needed it. I think I was, I was thinking about it on the way out here, Butte, just on a sports perspective. On the central coast, I think we've had one day of sport since the 26th of February. That's, that's, <laughs> that's phenomenal, isn't it? No sport this weekend on the local sport this weekend on the Central Yeah, day. unfortunately, you know, with the amount of rain that we've had, we just can't get out on those fields, uh, which is a real shame. Plenty happening in sport, and obviously uh, Steve Allen not available today. He's been up at the uh, national titles, uh, or the Aussie titles as they refer to him, uh, the Surf Lifesaving, and we'll try and have a chat with him throughout the show. And what a show we've got, Burke, when you look at uh, some of the big guests. We're going to try and get to... Uh, Nick Montgomery, the, the Mariners coach, an impressive win from them earlier this week uh, against Wellington Phoenix. In fact, on Tuesday night, a 5-0 victory there. So I'm looking forward to talking to them. And they take on Sydney FC tonight, which is going to be a big game. I'm assuming they're able to get on uh, Central Coast Stadium because I did drive past there during the week, Burko, and, it, mate, it wasn't looking good. They could have played the water polo finals there. That, that, it, was, it was underwater, actually. But uh, they're on a good winning streak at the moment. The Mariners playing really, really good. Seven games undefeated. So we're looking forward to speaking to Monty and uh, getting, getting his thoughts. Yeah, most definitely, mate. And uh, Thursday night, AFL, we saw Melbourne uh, be way too good for the, uh, the Port Adelaide side. 10-8-68 down in the Port Adelaide side who are really struggling at the moment. 4 12 36 Correct me if I'm wrong, but was it the first time that Port Adelaide hadn't scored a goal in the first half of a game? That, that's right, yep. First, uh, failed to register a goal, first half of the game uh, for the first time ever. But just in, in relation to that, and Luffy, we hit have a chat about it. Gee, Melbourne are playing so good football yeah. at the moment. Yeah, the reigning premiers. And yeah, they played, played half-decent football, even though they didn't kick a goal. They, they probably weren't too bad defensively in the, in the first half. But Melbourne, once they put the foot down, there was no stopping them. And uh, an interesting stat for you, Butte. So all... So there's only one side in the AFL, one club in the AFL who hasn't been held goalless up until half-time. Oh. And who do you think that is? Mate, I'd, it'd be like throwing a dart at a dartboard, mate. It would surprise you, the Gold Coast Sun. Is that right? There you yeah. go. Yeah. Very, very good. There you go. The Guru's got all the stats, and there's plenty more to come, folks, I can assure you. Last night we saw Geelong, 11-14-80, beat the Brisbane Lions, 11-4-70. Hawkins bagging five goals. Um... It was pretty close throughout the whole game. Yeah, gee, it was a good game of football, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, just in, in the end, I think probably Geelong were just a little bit better in the, in the big moments. Um, they put a lot of pressure on Brisbane, and, and, took, and especially when it come down towards the end, they had a couple of shots of goal, Brisbane, that they couldn't convert, but Hawkins was sensational up forward, five goals, and just once again reinforced why well, he's probably the, one of the premier key forwards in the competition. And, and in the NRL, we saw the Seagulls on Thursday night uh, comprehensively beat the, the Knights. It was a lot closer... Uh, than the score indicates, especially, you know, they scored three tries in the last 12 minutes. But a 30-6 to six, uh, win to the Seagulls over the Newcastle Knights up in Newcastle. 
McDonald, uh, McDonald Jones Stadium there, one of our sponsors, of course, which is fantastic. Um, and last night, the Warriors uh, in Golden Point, a thriller there, 25-24 to 24 over the Cowboys. Basically, the Cowboys were winning uh, at every stage throughout that game, and uh, the Warriors scored to level the game, I think, with about 10 to go. Uh, and then they just went back and forth looking for opportunities. But it come down to a Sean Johnson uh, field goal in extra time, which was uh, a big effort there. And um, I think you were saying that the closest of the score made it interesting. Yeah, that's right. It wasn't probably the greatest game uh, you've ever seen. But, uh, but look, the club was very close. Very, you know, two sides that were really desperate for the win. You know, they were both 2-2 two and two going into the game. So the win there consolidates their position in the, in the top eight. And in the end, a Sean Johnson you know, classic really got them... Uh, Got him out over the line in extra time, so well done to the Warriors. Yeah, 30 metres out, he absolutely nailed it. It didn't, uh, it didn't sail over, I've got to say. It was a, more a flat-type drop kick, but uh, nevertheless, it was effective. It got the point that they needed, uh, and that will be a valuable two points for the Warriors, who, you know, I, I think have struggled the first couple of weeks, but uh, nice to see them, I guess, fight their way to a victory last night. Uh, and, of course, the blockbuster last night, which I thought was... Um, an absolute cracker of a game. The Roosters coming out on top against the Broncos, 24-20. to 20. Um, a, a great performance from uh, Manu. I thought he was outstanding. Uh, Sammy Walker, a couple of good uh, tries here and a try himself. Broncos were good. They challenged them the whole way, and Corey Oates uh, scored a hat-trick, but um, wasn't enough for the, uh, the Broncos to get across the line. What I really like about the Broncos this year, Beauty, just their fight. Like, like last year, you could probably argue that if they got behind, it was, was virtually, yeah. you know, the game was over. But this year, they've shown plenty of fight, and Kevin Wilder's their coach, has certainly got to be happy about that. Corey Oates scoring that, that the hat-trick was, was very, very good. And, but in the end, you, you can't take the win away of the Roosters. They, they were very good also. Yeah. Look, we've got uh, the, our first guest on the line, and uh, it's the Mariners coach, Nick Montgomery. Uh, Monty, are you there, mate? Yes, Bruce. How are you? Good morning. We're great, mate. Thanks for uh, taking the time to talk to us again, uh, mate. And congratulations on a great win on Tuesday night, a 5-0 victory, uh, which obviously closed the gap between Wellington and yourself uh, to only one point. But such a great confidence booster for the players uh, to put so many goals in the back. And in fact, you basically dominated the whole game, 21 shots, 10 shots on target, just as a clear indication of how dominant your boys were. Yeah, look, it was a really good performance, but I think you know, the performance has been coming. Well, the performances have been there, but it was just nice to uh, to put the chances away. A lot of games this season, we created a lot of opportunities, um, but we didn't uh, we didn't obviously finish as many chances off. But look, it's three points at the end of the day. Obviously, it's nice for for, for you know to get a few goals and to spread the goals around the team. I think there's five different scorers on the night, mm. um, including a. A young um, Garang Kowal, obviously the brother of Valor. So, look, there's some real positives. And, and look, we're on a good run at the minute, but it doesn't mean anything. We've got seven games to go. And, and tonight we've got a massive game against Sydney FC at home. We're really looking forward to that one. Yeah, g'day, uh, Monty. Gary Birkinshaw here. Yeah, you mentioned there you've got Sydney FC tonight and on the back of a seven-game seven un- unbeaten run. And, and you've got a couple of games on Sydney FC, so if you beat them tonight, it's a chance to go, to go into, into the final. So, but you've, you've had a lot of games recently, Monty. So I suppose you'll be looking at it as a squad mentality. You're probably using a lot of players from your squad. Yeah, look, it's been hard this year with with all the breaks and stuff. You know, we've got games in hand on some teams. And, and yeah, it's really difficult looking at the table and... And working out the mathematics of where you could be and where you should be, but you know, all you got to do is, and all we do is look at each game 
you know, as it's game and, and take one game at a time, as, as the old saying is. But no, look, we, we don't have a massive squad, we don't have massive uh, depth. But what we do have is a lot of young players, and, and I see them as A League players, not as, as NPL players. And I think, you know, when they're given that opportunity like they have this year, I think they've uh, they've really uh, uh, put their hand up to to be in the team. So look, we're at a time where yeah, competition for places is is strong now. A lot of these young players have grown into men, and, and they're really putting their hand up to play every week. So it's uh, yeah, it's always difficult picking a team, but I'll pick a team every week on the field and on the bench that can come off and make an impact and and, and you know try and win every game. Mate, you touched on the you know the scorers uh, from Tuesday night's game. Urania scored in the eighth minute from uh, a penalty. Kalolo in the twenty fourth, a, a beautiful left footer. My goodness, it had some curl on it. Loved it, bottom corner, just so sweet. Cummins uh, again a penalty after Miller was brought down in the box. Uh, uh, Hatchie scores in uh, injury time, but the seventeen year old Qual scores a great goal. Beautiful touch from the long uh, ball from Miller. Uh, his first A League goal. Tell us a bit about this young kid because uh, he might have a bright future for the uh, the Mariners. Yeah, look, he's he's one of many, but obviously his name is uh, you know it's going to be a little bit more on everyone's mind after after what his brother did last year and, and getting moved to Stuttgart. But Garang's a, a massive talent, very exciting player. One v one, he's electric. He's I, I haven't really seen anyone better to be honest in in my time in the country, especially at 17 uh, years of age. But he needs to get fitter and stronger. He's just come back from a little knee injury, so he's been out for six weeks. He's probably been training for three weeks. He needs to get fit. Um, you know, we would have seen more of him if it hadn't been for that injury. Uh, but he's uh, yeah, he's an exciting talent. He's light and quick. He can finish, and, and you know, it's hard to keep him under wraps now. He's come on in the FFA Cup and scored with his probably his first touch, and he's now done it in the A League. So yeah, he's uh, he's got a massive future. But the same as uh, many players within the club and the academy. Yeah, Monty, last week we spoke to you at Sunny Ballarat and you were about to take on Melbourne United. And, you know, look, a, a good result there, two all. Unfortunately, Mr. Mr. James Cunnings, had a, who had a beautiful, great game, missed a penalty in the 91st minute. So do you consider that as a, as a, you know, as a good result or two points lost? Oh, look, it's two points lost. You get a penalty in the last minute in a, a team that's running second in the league in a game that you deserve to win. And, you know, you miss a penalty, but look, Jason was devastated. It was for his hat trick, and, and obviously the, the the boy was gutted. Um, and I think the the reaction the other night and Marco scoring the first penalty, and then giving Jason the second one, I thought that really showed the character of the team. Um, and and you know, for him to step up and take that penalty and score uh, was was yeah was for me as a as a coach seeing that on the on the field just shows how close the boys are. But looking back on that game against Western, that's a team with a, a massive budget. Uh, recruited really well in the off-season and second in the league and we were disappointed not to come away with three points so that's the way that we're playing at the minute and we approach every game that we want to win and, and that's sort of been the mentality all season. Tell us a bit about Jason Cummins because he's come to the club and, and had a real positive impact um, you know, I think he's had six, seven goals uh, in his short time with the club. Um, it, it obviously gives you that potency, that weapon up the front um, to feel confident that if, you, you know, if the ball does get in the box that there's a fair chance that he's going to put on target and uh, hopefully put in the back of the net. But goals, wins, goals win games, and, and last year we lost obviously a Luca Wall. Matty Simon's been out all season, you know, mm. so to lose your top top scorers from last year was, was always difficult. But you know, Maresh came in the Brazilian, full of energy, you know, hasn't quite hit the, the, the heights that we expect from him. He's had a couple of niggles and 
took time to settle, but, but Marcos and Jason now have uh, I've got a real good relationship, and Jason's played for Glasgow Rangers. He's, he don't play for teams like Glasgow Rangers and Nottingham Forest unless you're a very, very good player. But, you know, he'll be the first to tell you that. You know, he uh, probably let himself down a couple of times off the field. Nothing bad, but, you know, reputation sometimes, uh, you know, uh, lets you down in, in, in life. And look, he, you know, he made a few mistakes, but I know he's a top player and I scouted him and spoke to people that I know that knew him. And, and look, he's 26 years old. He's got an Australian passport. So for us to bring him over to the Mariners was a, was a massive signing for us. Um, and look, he's a top player. He's a top person. He's... Work ethic is second to none, and he's really settled into life here in Australia. So look, he's got he's only 26. You know, for me, he's got a massive future not only in in in, in football but in hopefully the national team over here in the Socceroos, where he's put his hand up to to, to play. So look, he's a great squad player, great team player, and he's been fantastic. Yeah, you mentioned there he's got an Australian passport, and he certainly wouldn't look out of place uh, in a Socceroos uh, jersey. I, w- I wouldn't have thought, uh, Nick, especially given their struggles up in front of goals at the moment. Yeah, look, everyone's been talking about it now for a while, but at the end of the day, it's going to go down to the coach who picks the team. You know, if he feels that Jason is going to benefit the team, and you know, I, there's no doubt that he would. Um, but look, I told him he's just got to keep his head down, keep playing well keep scoring goals, assisting and working hard for the team and, and yeah, hopefully his, his opportunity will come in the near future. Uh, Monty, I think we've got to take a break, mate. Do you mind joining us uh, or staying with us um, just so we can uh, discuss the upcoming game against Sydney FC and then obviously you take on uh, the Western Sydney Wanderers a couple of days later. So it's a really big workload for the boys, but uh, we'll take a quick break, mate, and uh, you can stick around with us. That'll be great. No problem. Speak soon. That's uh, Saturdays on the coast. We'll take a break and we'll be right back. Robson Civil, with over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience. Visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au. BJ Howes Metal Land, the coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast. Welcome back to Saturdays on the Coast. Michael Butner and Gary Birkenshaw, the guru, with you from the beautiful Terrigal Beach uh, at the surf club here. What a great side it is. Um, it doesn't get much better. I know the, uh, the surf club, oh, sorry, the golf course has been great to us, but, mate, how good is it here? Seriously. Yeah, yeah fantastic. Like I mentioned, the Shelly Beach Golf Club, they've been fantastic too, but, look, great facilities here. The um, sun's trying to come out. It's still a bit yeah. overcast, but um, flags are out. So uh, there's, every, there's every chance, mate, we're going to get a little bit of rain today. <laughs> every chance. Look, if you've got something to say, you want to jump on the McDonald's Jones open line number. It's one three hundred four two one five double three, or of course the text line, which is oh four double seven seven three six seven three six. Have your say about what happened last night in the rugby league, the AFL, and of course. Have you say about the mighty Mariners and the performance they've got? We've got Nick Montgomery, the coach of the Mariners, who are on fire at the moment, Nick. Uh, it's seven games, I believe, uh, Gary touched on before. But this is a big one tonight. Uh, Sydney FC, uh, it's always nice to bring down the big poppy, and Sydney FC is certainly one of those. Yeah, look, you're always a good game when Sydney FC comes to town, so looking for a good crowd. I know the weather's been a little bit <laughs> damp for everybody, but it's a school holidays now, so if anyone out there is listening, it'd be, be amazing to get uh, you know, a big crowd into the stadium tonight and get behind the boys in what's a really important game for, for us pushing to the top six. Mate, I think the boys are going to need their snorkel gear based on what I saw on Thursday night. That uh, ground looked, well, 80% of it, I think, was underwater at some stage. Um, uh, hopefully it's drained well and whatever else, but um, 
It's going to be a real big test for the boys. Um, Sydney, like I said, they're, they're one of the powerhouses Sydney FC. But uh, your boys are, are really confident at the moment. Uh, and, and it's great to see the style of play uh, that not only they're playing, but it's actually proving to be successful. Yeah, look, Sydney are a big team. You know, they're, they're one of the powerhouses of the competition. We know that they've had a lot of success, so every game's difficult. But, you know, we're at home. The Central Coast Stadium to us is, is, is where we love playing and we love the fans behind us there and, and, and pushing us on. So, look, we're going to every game confident and, and tonight we'll go out looking for another three points. And, and yeah, look, we're playing a, a good football and, and, to be honest, the performances have been there most of the season, but it's nice that we're finally, finally clicking in that front third again um, after a period where we, we probably uh, you know we probably weren't clicking as, as well as I would have hoped. But the boys have kept at it. We've worked hard in training, and, and yeah, it's, uh, you know we, we're pushing on on a good a good run now. But seven games to go, and every game's important. Yeah, so you mentioned there your performance in, in the front third, but you'd also have to be pretty happy with how the back third's going as well, keeping a clean sheet against. Uh, uh, against Wellington the other night, and also I think you've only conceded a couple of goals in the last three games, so so that'd be pleasing as well. Yeah, always. I think we've got the second best defensive record, in, you know, behind Melbourne City, who obviously are the benchmark team of the competition. So, yeah, look, we've got young young backline, and, and obviously Beers behind there, marshalling and, and having another good season. So, you know, you, if you defend well, you've always got a chance of winning games. So, um, you know, but I, I honestly. Uh, you know, believe you defend as a team. You know, it's not just the back players, the front players now are defending from the front, and and, and everyone's working hard together. So, um, yeah, long may it continue. But yeah, tonight will be a difficult um, proposition against Sydney, who are coming off the back of a, a tough result in Melbourne. Mate, not only I know you take one game at a time. You got Sydney FC Saturday, then you've got Western Sydney Wanderers on Wednesday. This is that'll be your third game in eight days. How does that work from a preparation point of view? Getting the players up. Um, how do you manage the training uh, aspect of all those things, recovery, etc., etc.? I guess you know from the boys' perspective, they just want to, they could play every day if they had to. Um, but yeah. I guess there's a bit of a balance in terms of managing and uh, the workloads. Yeah, look, you can see that them views and the boys want to just play a game, so it's actually it's, it's good. It's obviously play the game, recover, prepare, play the game, recover, prepare, and we got West Sydney Wanderers next Wednesday, and then we actually fly to Wellington. Possibly on Friday for another game on Sunday in Wellington. It looks like we're going to be the first team that, that has to make the trip over there to to play in yeah. Wellington. So yeah, look, the games have are coming thick and fast now, and it's yeah, the boys love just playing games. So it's uh, you know, as a coach, it's it's always good, and, and the games come thick and fast. So it's uh, it's exciting times. Monty, we'd love to thank you for your time, mate. Really appreciate it. We wish you all the very best uh, in tonight's game uh, against Sydney FC, and of course on Wednesday night against the Western Sydney Wanderers. Uh, go get those boys and uh, get the three points tonight, mate. It'd be a big plus for our team. We'll do our best. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Good on you, Monty. That was Nick Montgomery, the Mariners coach. Um, he's got plenty. He's done a great job so far, I've got to say, um, in his first year as an A-League coach. Yeah, look, I think from, from outsiders in the league, I reckon that they would say that, that Central Coast Mariners are probably punching above their weight, but he's done a fantastic job, Nick. And Look, game tonight, 7.45 at the Central Coast Stadium. So if you've got nothing on tonight, get down there and support them because they're actually playing, not only playing the heavyweights, but they're playing really good football and, and certainly very watchable at the moment. And while we're touching on soccer, um, or the, the world game, football, uh, the Matildas last night had a victory over uh, the New Zealanders, 2-1. But, uh, Berko, that 2-1... 
come in the 94th and the 96th minute. Is that, is that correct? Yeah, that's right. It was an amazing game. And the goal that New Zealand scored just before half time was just a world of goal. It was out on the, the left flank and just a uh, probably a left foot speculator, I suppose, cross has actually gone in oh. for 1 0. And you, the, the Matildas actually dominated the game, but their, their play in the final third was just was, was not good enough. They, they couldn't convert their chances. And then when the game looked lost, they, uh, and Egmont comes in and scores in the 90, 94th, and virtually from the next attacking, uh, Sam Kerr comes in with a header to, with, with effectively the last play of the game. So 2-1 win to the Matildas. Their first, uh, first appearance since they got knocked out of the quarterfinals of the, the Women's Asian Cup. So good to get them back on the field and in a winning frame of mind. And probably, you know, when you're looking at your big guns... There's two of your biggest guns there in Sam Kerr and uh, Van Egmont to, to get them across the line, which is fantastic. Uh, and well done to the Matildas on their performance. Mate, well, I'm going to move to cricket now, uh, the Australian women's side, and what a performance it was to take out the one-day uh, World Cup, undefeated throughout the entire tournament. The, tournament. the performance of Elisa Healy was unbelievable, not only in the final, but in the semi-final, throughout the whole tournament. In fact, she was player of the match in the, grand, uh, in the final, and player of the tournament. Um, but her stats read, what, 170 from 138 balls in the, um, in the final, and she scored 129 from 107 balls in the uh, semifinal against the West Indies. Like an unbelievable opening partnership, which has been big for both the Aussies uh, in those games. Rachel Haynes and Alyssa Healy got them off to great starts, mate. Yeah, look, it's quite quite funny. Listen, Healy, you know, leading into the tournament, people were talking about how, you know, she, she's a, she's a bit out of, uh, yeah, she's a bit out of form and you know, struggling at the top of the order. But when you've got a player like Alyssa Healy, the way that she she dominates bowling attacks, the rate at which she scores, you've got to take the good with the bad. You can't be expecting that to go out and score it, you know, over well over run a ball and then not have failures as well playing that style of game. But her, her innings in the semi final, 129 of 107. The, the wicket early was quite difficult there against the West Indies, so that innings was probably better than what it was in the final. But the yep. performance of the women's team, it's been a five-year plan. They got eliminated in the 2017 World Cup semi-finals. They were building for this, and they've been so dominant over that period of time. Yeah, they've been outstanding, haven't they? When you look at, you know, the calibre of player, and, and they did this without Elise Perry. Well, she played in the final. I know she played in the final, but there was a lot of games throughout the, the prelims and the semi where she wasn't available, who you would regard as one of their better players. But Everybody else stood up, and it's not surprising that you know they they had the success they did. And just how dominant they were! Like they they, they scored over 250 just about every game they played. They scored over three, got 300 almost 350 runs in in the final, and and everyone scored. You look at you know, talk about Louise Perry. She doesn't play, but someone else stands up. Their batting lineup is 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 world class right through through the list. You've got. Uh, Ash Gardner coming in and batting at number seven, one of the most dynamic players in, in women's cricket. Yeah. So, so there's no weaknesses there. They're bowling. They've got a good mix between, between pace and spin. And, and look, you know, Michael Mod, Matt, Matthew Mott's done, sorry, he's a fantastic job as coach of that side. Yep. And, uh, and full credit to them. Yeah, fantastic. Mate, we're going to hit the news. But before we do, just a big shout-out to Robson Civil with over, over 60 years of experience, one of our key sponsors here today. We're, this is Saturdays on the Coast. We're going to hit the news at a Terrigal Surf Club. Uh, and we'll be back just after news. Robson Civil, with over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience. Visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au. BJ Howes Metal Land, the coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast. Welcome back to Saturdays on the Coast. After our first news break, uh, great to hear from Nick Montgomery in that first half hour, and... Um, 
exciting game for the Mariners tonight up against Sydney FC at Central Coast Stadium. Uh, as Monty said, he'd love to see plenty of the Mariners supporters get out there. Uh, our team is going well. Seven games without a loss, three wins, four draws, whatever that may look like. But they are certainly climbing the ladder, Burko, and uh, it's great to see them doing a great job. Yeah, look, effectively where they placed in the ladder of the game that got in hand, really a, a final top six first really in their own hands. If they get positive results from the rest of their games they play, that, that they'll end up playing finals, which is, a, which is a great achievement for a small squad and budget that's certainly less than some of the, some of the other clubs. If you want to have your say, call us on the McDonald Jones open line number, 1300 421533. And, of course, our text line, 0477 736 736. Plenty to talk about, and we haven't even touched on the Masters yet, which we will do at some stage. We've got Ricky Schmidt, who will uh, come on the show in the second hour, to talk about all things that are Masters. It is one of the great tournaments, uh, if not the greatest tournament, uh, that comes around each and every year. There is so much hype around it, and the fact that Tiger Woods is back is absolutely phenomenal. Um, and he has, I guess, attracted even more media attention than you could ever imagine. And you know what? He's performing quite well at the moment. We'll touch on that uh, once Ricky Schmidt. What we do, what we, uh, I do want to do now is introduce our next guest and uh, former Sydney Swans superstar, Troy Luff, uh, who's going to talk all things AFL. Luffy, are you there, mate? Good morning, good morning. Oh, have we got him there? Luffy, you there, mate? Mate, you know how to press the right buttons there? Are you, yeah. you okay? No, nah, mate, I'm, I'm just a newbie at this stuff, mate. It's a, I'm normally in the co-pilot seat. I've got the pilot seat at the moment. We've got Burke with us, mate. But last night, Don't great game. Touch the button. <laughs> mate, a great game last night. Geelong uh, getting the points over the Brisbane Lions, uh, 11 14 80 to 11-4-70, Hawkins bags five goals. It was a good game, and it actually created a record last night. There was 13 goals kicked in a row, and it was the first time in AFL history that it had gone Geelong-Brisbane, 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 like to actually a team not kick two goals in a row. First time ever in the AFL it's gone that like that. It was, it was a really good game. A little bit of controversy, though. Uh, Hawkins, mm. who I believe pushed uh, pushing the back in the last um, probably three minutes to kick the sealer and the replays show it was a clear push in the back to Harris Andrews and it should have been a free kick. Uh, the, the Cats are already in front but that just sealed the game and in, in saying that Geelong really should have put Brisbane away a lot earlier. They kicked 14 behind compared to only 4 from the line. 25 scoring shots 15, and uh, I, I just think Geelong were a better side for the night. It's now been nearly 20 years since Brisbane has won a game down at Cadinia Park. 2003 was the last time that happened. Yeah, certainly, that's a, a long time. You mentioned there about Tom Hawkins. He was certainly the dominant key forward last night and uh, really proved a headache for the for the Brisbane defence, and it just goes to show, lovely, that the key forward certainly still got a, got a big part to play in our game. I think they do, and sometimes it gets frustrating when the players all push up the field and there is not one player inside the forward 50. What they did last night with Hawkins is they left him one-on-one. Now, he's a great contested mark. He knows how to use his body. He knows when to push and shove a little bit to create the space he can to mark the ball, and that's exactly what he did. Geelong had, I think it was something like 14 or 15 marks inside their forward 50. 
And when you've got someone like Hawkins, leave him one out. He might not mark everyone, but he's going to mark a lot of them and create goal-scoring opportunities. And, and that's what happened last night. And, and he actually had opportunities to kick more goals. So he could have kicked six or probably seven, I reckon, he should have kicked last night. And what'd you make of Brisbane, Luffy? Oh, look, they're a good side. There's no doubt about that. You know, both Brisbane and Geelong will be vying for top four spot. Um, mm. I think it was Daniel Richardson's 250th game last night, which was great. Uh, Rayner was back out there, even though if you're watching the game, he had, a, he had a chance to actually put Brisbane back in front from about 10 metres out. He hit the wrong side of his boot and went out of bounds on the full. Um, but Brisbane are, you know, I think they are the real deal. Lockie Neal was well tagged last night. Uh, he was out of the game, not out of the game, but just didn't have the same sort of influence. But I think across the board with, with some of their great defenders, Harris Andrews is a great defender. He was just well beaten last night by Hawkins. Good midfielders. What they do lack, though, is because Eric Hipwood's injured, they rely too much on Joey Danaher to kick a lot of goals. And unfortunately, that's just not going to happen. I mean, he always bobs up and kicks a couple, but they need more from Charlie Cameron was quiet last night. They need more goal scorers in the forward line. Mate, Thursday night, we saw Melbourne 10 8 68, too good for Port Adelaide 4 12 36. And probably the, the most disappointing part for Port Adelaide, they failed to score. Uh, a goal in that first half. Uh, they're struggling a bit at the moment, Luffy. Oh, look, they, they, that was their lowest halftime score in their history in the AFL. Um, they, they were actually heading for their lowest score ever, uh, and they got a late goal um, to, to not get that uh, horrible hoodoo off their back. It was, it was just, Melbourne were just fantastic. The way that they were running the ball, and it's always the same players. You know, Petrarca and Oliver playing well. Max Gord. I mean, a ruckman gets 25 disposals in the ruck and kicks a goal. Um, Jay Viney had a fantastic game. Um, even some of the forwards, McDonald and Fritch, they perform well. You know, across the board, they've got a great side. Whereas Port Adelaide, well, they've got they they have the same players. Ollie Wines unfortunately was injured, which which hurt them. The same players. It's always Travis Boak, Burn Jones. The ones that are always doing a lot. They've lost Charlie Dixon now, and he probably won't be there for most of the, the first half of the season. So they've lost the forward power. Georgiatis didn't have a great game. They they just they they haven't got that solid team that they had last year or the, or a couple of years ago. And especially in Adelaide, it was pretty embarrassing for the for the Port Adelaide fans to have to deal with what they served up on Thursday night. Tonight, uh, Luff, uh, today, this afternoon, actually, lovely. the Swans are back to the SCG, taking on North Melbourne, who coming off a shellacking last week against the Brisbane Lions. So, so the Swans will be looking to take advantage of that and get back on the winning list? Yes, I'll be out there working for the game and mm. uh, looking forward to... Well, it's a nice sunshine, a bit of sunshine here in Sydney at the moment. We have had some rain this week, but I think the Swans after last... The Swans will be disappointed with losing last week to the Western Bulldogs. They had their chances... Um, the free kick count didn't help, but I think the Western Bulldogs were a better side. And coming back to the SCG, the last time they were there, there was 36,500 watching Buddy kick a 1,000 goals. And I think they want to get some get that form back and that winning formula back. They're, they're short price favourites to win, and, and they should win today. I think Isaac Heaney probably had a bit of a quieter game last week. He want to get back to the form. Buddy only had a couple of touches. Um, they have lost Tom Hickey. And so Laddams comes into the side for his first game for the Swans, former Crows player. Um, Hickey's going to be out for a few weeks. He's done his medial. Um, and um, young McInerney also comes back into the side. And the Swans' defence, 
with the two McCartans in there, have been impenetrable so far this year. They've done so well. And look, I, I, I'm tipping almost a 10 goal win today. Brilliant. There Daniel. you go. And tonight, mate, Freeman will take on GWS. Yeah, I was out there last week, watched the Giants game against the Gold Coast Suns, and I must say it was probably one of the worst games I have ever witnessed live. It was terrible. Both sides played average. And, and talking to some of the insiders at the Giants, that they know that they haven't got the same side anymore. They know that without the Jeremy Camerons in there, they've, they've lost Finlayson as well, to, You know, even though he wasn't getting a good run. They don't have the forward structure they need. Toby Green still another week or so away. Um, they're just not the same team. And coming up against Fremantle in Perth, who were really good last week uh, against the Eagles, I think it might be another loss for the Giants. And I think the, the Dockers in front of their home crowd, who after, the, you know, as I said, a good win, it, they're very hard to beat over there. So the Giants could be one and three after the first four rounds. Oh, that's not going to be good for those boys. Uh, another big clash, and in 25 words or less, Richmond taking on the Bulldogs, mate. That's going to be an absolute ripper. Richmond have surprised me so far this year. Um, then they got belted last week, which that also surprised me. I just think the Tigers will bounce back. Uh, the Bulldogs, they, they were good against the Swans, but they weren't great. So I think the Tigers in that one. Luffy, I think you're in career, career best form at the moment and you're pumped and ready to go for this afternoon's <laughs> game. All right, for the well, Sydney Swans. I tell you what I've been pumped and ready to go for is to actually play a game of football but the counties in Sydney will not let you on their grounds when it's wet. Now, I'm a Victorian. I remember as a 10-year-old kid playing in mud and slush, playing a game right. of football, because that's what you do in other states, not yes. in New South Wales. No, okay. Not a chance, mate. You get a little bit of rain, mate. There's no way you're getting on those fields, mate. Thanks for joining us, Luffy. You've been outstanding, mate. All right, no, it's good. Guys, have a good weekend. Thank you, buddy. And a big shout-out to Robson Civil, um, one of our key sponsors. They've been fantastic for us. With over 60 years of experience, going to take a quick break and we'll be back. John Strange at the other side of this break. Robson Civil, with over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience, visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au. BJ Howes Metal Land, the coast's tradies choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast. Welcome back to Saturdays on the Coast. Michael Butino with Gary Birkinshaw coming to you live from the Terrigal Surf Club. And the wind's kicked up a bit, mate. What is it? It's southerly? Northerly? Mate, I'm not very good, mate. You're <laughs> asking the wrong person there. It's blowing. But, but no, it's blowing quite a bit anyway. <laughs> it's so, definitely blowing. And hasn't, hasn't stopped people. They're still out in the surf, no, so good to see. God bless them. God bless them. And the show's brought to you by Robson Civil. With over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience, visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au. Uh, joining us now... Uh, we're going to talk a little bit of rugby league, and uh, in particular, in particular NRLW, uh, and the coach of the Sydney Roosters, who uh, will find themselves playing tomorrow in a grand final against the St George Illawarra Dragons side. John Strange, welcome to the program. Hey, dudes, uh, Gary, thanks for having on, having me on. Pleasure, mate, and congratulations! What an outstanding effort last weekend, 16-0 down. And your girls managed to turn it around, mate. I've got to tell you, I don't remember too many half-time speeches, but yours must have been an absolute cracker. Oh, look, mate, it, it was basically along the lines of um, we are on top. Uh, we were still behind on the scoreboard. It was 16-10, but we were definitely on top coming into the sheds. Uh, we had momentum. We just scored a try three minutes before half-time. 
I felt as though there was cracks opening up in the Broncos, so it really was, it was all positive, you know, we are, we're on top now, but it was a real focus on that, you know, half-time came at a good time for them in relation to they were um, sort of rattling a bit, but they will come out really strong, so it's not about us matching their intensity, it's about us improving ours to make sure that we don't allow them back in the game, and made and the, and the girls went back out there to start the second half, and and started like they finished the, the first half. So it was, um, yeah, it was really impressive, mate, as to what they did for sure. Yeah, I tend to agree with you there, John, watching the game is that, um, yeah, that the Broncos were crying out for half time and just being able to get that try just before half time really gave you extra momentum going in. And just that momentum, uh, Jocelyn Kelleher, she'd been, been starting on the bench. I, I reckon that she made a real big difference when she came on out, out of dummy half and especially close to their lines. Yes, he did, absolutely. Uh, look, the change at that, that point, we were sort of 13 minutes in. Uh, I had Keely Joseph on the sideline. She brings a lot of energy to, to come on to one of the middles, but then our hooker, starting hooker, got 10 in the bin. Um, so I basically had to pull Keely back and then send Joss on, who was going to go on at nine, but a little bit later in the half um, when, that, when our hooker came off. But, yeah, when she went on, there was an immediate impact, um, like you said there, Gary. And, yeah, she just got the girls going forward. She, she jumped out of out of dummy half and, and sort of dragged them with her and um, just created some really forward momentum for us to, to get us back in the game. So look, she's um, look, it's only a, it's only a third game of playing hooker. She's played in the halves previously, so yeah, I thought she was exceptional for us when she went on. I think you've done a great job there, mate, in terms with Jocelyn um, in relation to. It's never easy coming into a, a competition like that, and coming in. I think originally she was a back rower. Right, um, but yep. then you've converted yep. her into a halfback, and now you've you know had that ability to give her the confidence to um, you know go into the dummy half role and do it successfully. In fact, you know she's the one that ended up scoring the match-winning try, mate. That's a credit to you and, and what your coaching staff have been able to do with her, and, and obviously a credit to her, her willingness to listen, to learn, and to take on board what you guys have been saying. Oh, look, it, it really is a credit to, to Jocelyn. Um, yeah, so we first, when we got into rugby league, I put her in the back row because it was the first year, it was in 2020, that she'd actually played the game. Um, I thought it was a little bit easier for her to understand um, her role, which she did really well. with the ball playing back row for us, and then I moved her into the half last year. Um, I think she's a very good half. She's very skillful. She's got a good head on her shoulders and a good kicking game, but... Um, yeah, so, you know, first couple of games she played in the halves and uh, then I, I sort of moved her around a little bit and then she, she ended up coming off the bench as a nine. Um, and to her credit, this is, that was the third game playing hooker. Um, look, I said to her before the game, I just, want to, I just want you to play footy. If, if something's on, if we get a quick play of the ball as the marker down, I want you to take off and, and drag the players with you. You know, they'll support you and, and push around you and... Yeah, I, I just thought uh, she went to another level, but really that's a, a testament to who she is as a person. And, you know, she's just, she, she's a footballer. You know, I could put her in the back row tomorrow or five, eight or half and, or lock or hooker, and she would just do a really good job in any position. So it really is um, a credit for her as, as a person. Yeah. We're joined by John Strange, Roosters NRLW coach, who are obviously playing in the grand final against the Dragons tomorrow. Uh, at 1.30 up at Redcliffe. Berko, you got the next question for him? Yeah, so you're up against the Dragons who finished minor premiers, John, but you've had recent experience with them. You played them in the last home and away game and, and they got the point 16-10, but you would have took a lot out of that game as well? Yeah, we, we did. Um, you know, that was our last round game, round five, and 
We obviously lost our first two and weren't playing great, but we sort of stripped everything back for the third round against the Knights just, just to get the two points, basically. And then the next week we played played the Eels, which we played a little bit better. And um, and then when we come into the Dragons, uh, even though we lost, as you said, there, 16 10 I actually still thought we improved, which which was really important for us to just keep improving each week. And, um, look, we created a lot of opportunities. Uh, we didn't ice them, unfortunately, but the fact that we created try-scoring opportunities um, was really pleasing for us. Um, and, yeah, so, look, Emma Tonegato was outstanding that day. You know, she saved four tries. She scored one herself. She really had a had a, a great, you know, and that's why she obviously got dual um, Dally M medal winner the other week. So, um, but, you know, we, we're really confident. We improved after that game to obviously beat the Broncos. And I did say to the girls at the start of um, this week that for us to beat the Dragons, we're going to have to go to another level again than we did for the Broncos because the Dragons are, you know, they're a really good side. They've been consistent throughout all the five rounds in their semi-final. Um, so, look, there's, there's some key players that we've certainly got to watch, but I want a real strong focus and emphasis on us, to be honest, on us playing the best footy we can because I think if we can do that, um, I think we'll beat the Dragons. Mate, I do want to touch on Emma Tonegato and Millie Boyle, who become the first joint winners of the NRLW Dallium medal. Two outstanding uh, seasons they've had uh, from those players. Uh, give us a bit of an insight um, in, you know, a minute or so as to, we've got to head to the news, but in, in the next minute or so, touch on, you know, what you've seen in their game and their performances throughout the year. Yeah, look, Millie's um, outstanding. The workload she gets through for a big girl as a front row is unbelievable. Um, you know, she plays in a 70-minute game. She probably plays 55, 60 minutes each each week and does a great job. So she's a she's a real workhorse up front. And then you got Emma, who's just electric. Yeah, she's very fast. She's, she's, um, she's got sharp feet. And she's got a real good understanding of where to put herself in the game. So, look, we're going to have to be on red alert whenever she's around around the ball um, tomorrow, that's for sure. So both, both of them really well-deserved um, medals that they, um, you know, that they shared um, during the week. Mate, you know what? I've got to say, we wish you all the very best tomorrow, mate. And thanks for joining us today. But this is, uh, you know, a great achievement from yourself as a coach uh, and, of course, a great achievement for these young girls who, you know, they've gone about it the hard way by taking on the Broncos, the defending premiers. They did the job. Mate, good luck tomorrow. 1.30 uh, up at Redcliffe. Uh, the Sydney Roosters take on uh, the St. George Illawarra Dragons. Good luck, mate. Thanks, guys. Thanks for your support. Really appreciate Good on it. You. Good on you, buddy. Uh, we've got to head to the news, uh, Burko. That's the first hour done and dusted, mate. I think we've done okay. Yeah, look, it was very, very, very good. Uh, enjoyed it. And uh, really looking forward to that AFL, uh, uh, sorry, the NRLW, the AFLW Grand Finals on, on this afternoon as well. So big weekend for women's sport. Fantastic, mate. We'll take a break. News coming up. And we'll see you in the second hour. Robson Civil. With over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience, visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au. BJ Howes Metal Land. The coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. Welcome to Saturdays on the Coast. Welcome back to Saturdays on the Coast. I'm Michael Butner, and joining me, Gary, the guru, Birkinshaw. We are coming live from Terrigal Surf Club. Just, uh, it's got a little bit murky again, mate. Unfortunately, yeah. that sun just made a brief appearance. Uh, it's got a little bit fresh. I noticed you've put the jumper on. Yeah, I had to, had to go for the jumper. It's <laughs> always horrible when you go to the beach and here we are in April and you have to put the jumper on. But yeah. uh, hopefully I'll have it back off again. The sun will come back out. But, yeah, uh, yeah beautiful views here and uh, plenty of people about. 
Yeah, there certainly is, mate. Always is down here in Turrigal. And uh, big shout-out to KO, uh, the NBL update. Uh, the Kings taking on Adelaide 36ers. You can catch every NBL game live on ESPN with KO. And they do a great job. And, of course, you can get every sport possible on KO. It is unbelievable. The uh, NRLW will be live there tomorrow, I would imagine. Uh, and, of course, every NRL game. Mate, you name it. I'd... Watch the Masters on it last night. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, watch all the Tiger Woods round on, on KO. Fantastic. I, I don't know when you sleep, to be honest, because you watch absolutely everything. Do you watch all the games or do you just watch the little clips a lot? Because I know KO have the little clips, don't they, where it's yeah. the mini games or the – like, it's fantastic. Yeah, no, look, I, uh, I, I do a lot of channel surfing. So I watch bits <laughs> and pieces here and there. And... I bet you do. <laughs> My goodness. Mate, those eyes. You ever sleep. That's what I don't know. Joining us next – uh, is we're going to talk a bit of uh, rugby league and our real action and uh, what better uh, person to talk than uh, the man I'm about to introduce, David Fairley, uh, played for North Sydney Bears, uh, Australia, New South Wales, basically did it all in the game. Newcastle uh, went overseas, played with, who was it over there? Don't know, we're going to have to ask him. But he had a big impact, that's for sure. He only had the one season over there. Daisy, you there, mate? I can't seem to hear him. Maybe he's not there, mate. No, it doesn't sound to be there, does no, it? No, unfortunately. Anyway, yeah. we'll, talk, we'll talk a little bit of rugby league and see what's going on. But uh, first game, uh, Burke, we saw the Knights take on the Seagulls. Um, interesting game in the sense that, you know, the conditions were horrendous up there at uh, McDonald Jones Stadium. And, uh, you know, the, I've got to say it was probably the biggest aspect of um, the game for the Seagulls was their kicking game. Uh, they end up scoring three of their five tries they scored were from kicks, but Daly Cherry Evans was outstanding, and he, he did the same last week. His kicking game was phenomenal uh, the week before. I think he kicked a 40-20, he kicked a 20-40. Um, like, just absolutely phenomenal how it all played out. Yeah, I reckon Daly Cherry Evans could be in career-best form at the moment, especially his kicking game, and yep. the, the big thing I take out of that game is, once again, no turbo, out, out for, for yes. four weeks with a knee injury. For them to put in that performance without him, you look, go back 12 months, and they couldn't win anything. Yep. without him on, on the paddock. So, so Cherry Evans led him very, very well last night. Uh, we've oh, Thursday just, night. Yeah, yeah, we've just been joined. Dave Fairley, are you there, mate? Got you, Beats. Good on you, Dave. Thanks for joining us, mate. Really appreciate it. We're just touching on the Seagulls' Knights game. Uh, you being a former Knights player yourself. Um, a, an outstanding effort from the Seagulls uh, without Tommy Turbo, which was... I, I When I was watching the game, I just felt that it was big for their confidence because they haven't had a yeah. lot of success without Tommy in their side, you know, particularly last year? Mm. Yeah, I, look, I went to the game. Um, one of the brave souls that went up there. But um, look, I, I felt that Manly really turned a corner uh, in this game. Um, mm. Look, it wasn't the greatest spectacle of rugby league, but in terms like how the scoreline eventually ended up, I thought it was a true reflection of the game. Manly, Manly were, were way more dominant them the Knights, you know, they were, they were poking their nose through on a lot of tackles, they were getting their way upfield really easy uh, generating a lot of ruck speed and on the other side of the coin, you know like Newcastle really couldn't get anything going and Manly's defence I thought went to a new level and, and physically I thought Manly were on top of Newcastle for the whole game so look, they got the win but I think Des probably would be more pleased with the the effort and, and and the way that they went about their, their business. You know, they were very um, clinical and physical on the weekend. I think that's what's sort of been missing, missing in a few opening games. It appeared that Newcastle struggled with the conditions. A lot of drop ball, especially on early tackles. Um, 
you know, they had some injuries that um, proved to be, you know, they struggled there. And, you know, I think they ended up with only two players on the bench at the end of the, at the, end of the day, which is always tough uh, against these guys. But, um, yeah, I, I just felt that, you know, the way they handled the conditions wasn't anywhere near as good. And I think the kicking game of Cherry Evans, you know, we touched on it before, they scored three of their five tries from kicks. It was just a, a well-executed game plan uh, based on, you know, the, the conditions and, and then the way the weather was. Yeah, I think, I think Daly's his kicking game at the moment's really good. I'm not too sure about the kick, cross-field kick. You know, he put across for um, his winger, you know, deep in um, their own end, I think. Yep. You know, the scoreline the score hadn't hadn't got out at that stage. I thought he put a little bit of pressure on his team. But, um, yeah, the Newcastle attack, for me, they, they just didn't ask enough questions for Manly, who were defending very well. I mean, you've got to... You got to you got to do more. You got to you got to pose more questions in attack. And I just thought at times their attack was very um, predictable, and, and then, you know that's how it ended up. And Manly were able easily able to defend it. Last night, Dave, we had uh, the Broncos and the Roosters. The Roosters got over in a in a pretty good game of footy, actually twenty four twenty. Went right down down to the wire. But uh, um, we spoke earlier on about the Broncos. They they didn't get the points, but. I think they're playing some pretty decent football. There's no giving in the uh, in the Broncos this year. They fight and everything out. Yeah, they they played well. I mean, they, they could have easily have won that game. And Roosters um, coming off the back of a big win and sort of they've hit a bit of form themselves. And they really had to work very hard to win that game. But there was a lot to like about what Brisbane did. Um, again, they were physical and they got the ball forward. I think Billy Walters is a better option. Uh, at 5'8", than Albert Kelly. I know Albert Kelly's been starting mm. out now injured with a foot, but I think it's a better fit for their team. Um, it might be a bit hard for Kevy, you know, it's his son, but, you know, objectively, I think um, Billy Walters is a better fit for the Broncos. They were really good. Um, you know, they, again, if they if they play like that every week and, and put in that type of effort and commitment, they're going to they're gonna win their fair share of games. They come up against a red-hot team last night with a lot of experienced players who were able to, you know, claw their way back into the game and they knew how to win it. And Joey Manu, you know, for me, uh, he, he's probably the form player of the competition and the, arguably my point of view, uh, my opinion rather, he's, he's the best centre in the game. Two tries last night and, and set the win up um, really well for the Roosters. Yeah, you know what? I, I want to touch on Joey Manu and his performance. Like We saw last year... Um, mm you know, his performances and how well he played. He has gone to another level this year. And I agree with you, mate. Him and Katoni Staggs. Katoni Staggs is... They're different players, but yeah. they are just so dominant at the moment. And if Katoni Staggs is on, he's almost untackled. You can't tackle him. Like, it's just yeah. such a powerhouse. Whereas Joseph Manu, he's got that... You know what? He's got so much to his game. He's got speed, mm. he's got size, he's got that ability to actually flick and pass the ball, um, yep. and, he, and he can leap for a, a cross kick and all those things. Like, he's got, for a centre, you know, he's up there, for yeah. me, you know, he's he's unbelievable. Yeah, I thought um, I thought it was the best game from Katoni Staggs uh, he's had this season. Um, yep. You know, just talking about centres, there's, there's a real um, quality bunch going around, obviously, you know, the Broncos have got Katoni Staggs and Herbie Farnworth, who are you know, mm. tremendous centres. Um, Joey Manu um, going really well. Jesse Arthurs at the Warriors, former Brisbane player, um, going really well. Newcastle Knights centres, Gagai and Bradman Best. Um, Zach Lomax. So a, yeah, Zach Lomax. There's, there's, there's a, just a bunch of high-quality centres running around in the competition at the moment. And the way teams are playing, I think they're realising that 
they've got to get the ball to these guys so they get a one-on-one and create things. And you know, it's been really good to see centres and, and the position of centre actually coming back into rugby league. And you, you would know, I mean, you're a quality yeah. centre yourself. So, um, yeah, I, I just, I'm really enjoying seeing, seeing the centres play football and being involved in footy. Yeah, Dave, I have to agree with you there. You know, in the off-season, I talked about moving Manu to 5'8", to get him close to, get him close to the action. But you're then robbing Peter Pay Paul. The option is, as you've mentioned, is give him early ball. Give him, give him time and space, mm. and, and they'll show their skills because there's certainly plenty of good centres around, as you mentioned. Yeah. Yeah, I watched Joey. He played 5'8 in the trial, and probably maybe uh, Trent Robinson was just looking to see how he went there. But, yeah, when, when you've got the skills of the, so these centres, you know, and they've all got it, you know, they, they can get once they get on the outside of their player, their, their opposite man. All sorts of things can happen, and these guys can, you know, they can draw and pass, put the winger away. They can cut out to the winger. They can pull it, tuck it in, and flick it to the to the winger. Winger. Um, great to see. It's great to see the skill that's coming out with the centres. Yeah, certainly, is, mate. Uh, last night, the other game, uh, the earlier game, anyway, Warriors versus the Cowboys, a 25-24 victory to the Warriors in Golden Point. Sean Johnson kicking yeah. that goal. Um, yeah. It was a big win. Well, actually, you know what? Whichever way it went, it was going to be a big win for either side. Um, but I'm pleased for the Warriors that they showed a little bit of grit and showed a little bit of uh, resilience and kept coming back at various stages throughout that game. Yeah, I mean, it, it did come down to wire. In the end, um, Sean Johnson showed his experience and calm head to, to kick the winning field goal. In the lead-up to that, there was a couple of field goal attempts in, in the 80 minutes and we went to extra time. I think there might have been four attempts in the extra time, but the Cowboys, um, you know, they had a set right near the end of the game to, to kick the field goal. It probably goes down as the worst set they've run in two years of rugby league. It was just, it was just, just not what you need from experienced players to get the job done. Um, so that was disappointing. One thing for me, looking at the game, um, Scott Drinkwater has to be in the Cowboys team. He, yeah. he, he's clearly a footballer who can mm-hmm. create things. And I know. Um, Hamaso, he, he's got some speed, but for me, playing fullback, you need more than just speed. And, and uh, Scott last night showed that he he brings another layer of attack to the Cowboys, another layer of unpredictability. Um, he has to be in that football team, and it, it, you know, it would be very interesting to see what they do when Hamaso's fit, and they've got him and um, Scott available for selection. Yeah, David, not very often that first versus 14th gets a lot of build-up leading into a, into a round of football, but it's certainly been that this week when Penrith take on the Bulldogs uh, tomorrow night, 6.15, all around the selection of Kyle Flanagan. What do you make of all the you know, the talk around that? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's just talk. Look, the reality is the Bulldogs, they need a win. They got belted last week, and... You know, this is, this is what reserve grades for. Like probably, you know, Cole Flanagan deep down is probably licking his lips. And just, if you're a footballer and you, you're worth anything as a footballer, this is what you want. Like, he's, he hasn't been in the team. He hasn't featured in the team. He's gone back. He's killing it in reserve grade. They haven't lost a game in reserve grade. He's got his opportunity. I mean, this, this, is, this is, as a rugby league player, this is what you want. So all the stuff that's going around about throwing him into the walls and all that sort you know, he, if, he's, if he's any type of footballer, and I'm sure he is, he will be lapping this up. He he won't be. He can't wait to get out there and see what he's got against Penrith. 
Uh, mate, I agree with you 100%. I also agree about you about the drink water thing, mate. He is an out-and-out -out footballer, and he reminds me very much of um, uh, Nico Hines and what he's yep. able to do for a side. I think they've got a very similar skill set. And, mm. you know, as many times as they've got their hands on the ball, it can only be a positive for the sides that they're in. Uh, mate, we've got to uh, take a break, mate. We appreciate your time today, Dave. It's been outstanding. And, um, mate, very thorough and comprehensive. Loved it, mate. Good, get You're going well, Good on mate. You. Oh, thanks, mate. I'm doing my best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Steve-O-Who. Steve-O-Who. Yeah, 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 you're right, mate. Exactly. Thanks again. Thanks again, Dave. Really appreciate it, mate. And a big shout-out to Robson Civil with over 60 years of experience. Don't forget our open line number, 1300 42 1533, the McDonald-Jones open line number. Get your dream McDonald-Jones home started today. We'll take a quick break, and we'll be back talking Masters Golf with Ricky Schmidt. Robson Civil, with over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience. Visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au BJ Howes Metal Land, the coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast. Welcome back to Saturdays on the Coast, coming to you live from Terrigal Surf Club, Michael Butner and Gary the Guru Birkinshaw. And a few more people heading out there into the surf, mate. Looks like a couple of surfing lessons going on out there. Looks like they've got a couple of lessons out there. Yeah, that's one thing I've never ever done. Oh, uh, mate, I'm hopeless on water, I've got to say. Hopeless yeah. on water. I get frustrated because I think that I'm a natural athlete, but once I get into water, I become the most uncoordinated person you've ever seen in your life. People who surf seem to love it. You just yep. look out there, it's just so, so relaxing. And, You're right, yeah. mate. Therapeutic, apparently. Good word. Therapeutic. Um, joining us next, we're going to talk Masters Golf. And what a tournament this is. I, I love the Masters. I really do. I... And I'm not a massive golf fan, but this tournament just grabs my attention, and I'm, I'm sure it grabs everybody's attention. Uh, joining us on the line, uh, the boss of the Bado Bay Driving Range, uh, Ricky Schmidt. Welcome, Ricky. G'day, Butte. G'day, Gary. How you going? We're great, mate. Talk us through Masters at the moment. Scheffler, eight under. A very, very yeah. handy lead. Five strokes at the moment. Uh, wow, what a, what a day he's had. Five under today. Mate, uh, what an exciting tournament this is. It's uh, As a budding young golfer, you know, a long time ago, this is the one tournament I think everyone wanted to play in. And, uh, mate, the, the rounds that Scotty Scheffler and Justin Thomas played today, you know, both shooting five under, mate, that, that's amazing in those conditions. The wind's got up. Um, you can see a lot of the Europeans sort of started coming towards the top of the, the leaderboard, mm -hmm. Lowry shooting four under. Um, you know, those guys just love that sort of wind conditions. Um even Charles Wartel, you know, three under, he's tied for a second, you know, he's been there and done it before. Uh, who knows, it's just one of those amazing events, mate, that everyone loves to watch, whether you're a golfer or not. I think it's the best tournament in the world. Mm. Yeah, Ricky, so they, they made some adjustments to the to the course uh, during the past 12 months, and obviously the wind today certainly made it even tougher. You had 30 miles an hour winds, and some of the holes that they lengthened, the number 11 was, was playing really tough. I think 7 was playing pretty tough as well, but it was interesting to watch that the good players always... Yeah, kept coming to the fore and you know the, the round that Scotty Scheffler played and you said Justin Thomas was, was just phenomenal and the, the you know, 67 it was, it was miles better than the 67 I think in the commentary they were saying if you, if, you could, you could, if you could shoot one or two over you'd be really happy with the round today Yeah that's exactly right I think out of the total field there was only I think 13 rounds under par out of out of mm. 90 players so it just goes to, goes to show you how one the tougher conditions were but two how much you know harder they've made the course over the years I mean 
the greens themselves are probably the you know the hardest greens in the world with speed wise and the amount of break. But then to all of a sudden, you know, some of these holes have added 50, 60, 70 yards to it. You know, gone from you know maybe a driver and a nine iron to a driver and a five iron for a lot of these guys now. So that makes you know it changes conditions and scores pretty well. So as I said, those scores are amazing, mate. The, uh, I'm hats uh, off to them, and especially the Tiger. You know, we everyone, you know, we have a lot of the people out there. They have their doubters, but you know what? After 18 months to be, you know, only only nine shots off the lead. Oh, that's a credit to him, mate. I love the bloke. Good on him. And I hope he goes mate, on the weekend. He's added so much to what is already a tournament that captures everybody's imagination, anyway. But to have Tiger oh, exactly Woods, right. like you said, come back is just absolutely phenomenal. He was great yesterday. Obviously struggled a bit today, but you know what? He's going to be there on day three and four, which is just amazing. Yeah, well, that's exactly right. You know, just the experience, too. I mean, that's the big thing for him. He's been there and done it so many times. Uh, you know, you look when he won, what, two years ago? Or th- two yep. years ago or three years ago, whenever it was. You know, he just hung in there on that back nine, just hung in, hung in, hung in. And all the, all the new guys and the up-and-comers just sort of tried a bit too hard, and he just kept plugging away, and before you know it, you win, you know. And that's, that's what golf's about, you know. you just got to hang in there over that 72 holes. It's not a sprint, you know. It's not over in one day. It's, it's over four days, so... Yeah, no, I think it's great to see him back. I just, you know, hope his body holds up and he can play a little bit more golf. It'll be great mm. for the game. I think, I think the big thing today, Ricky and Butch, was the fact that you know, he hasn't played for 17 months, hasn't played golf, struggles to walk around the course. But he, he started today with four bogeys in the in the first five holes, so he's gone from being one under to to on on the cut line effectively. And he could have quite that round could have quite easily got away from. He could have shot 80 and be out of the tournament, but he, but he hung tough, got some got some good birdies coming coming home and uh, yep. he'd be sitting tied 19th and you just see him walking around the course and it's, it has, as um, Ricky said just to have him back and just all the hype before the tournament the, the actual crowds that watched him on the yep. every time he stepped out in the course and for a practice round was just was just unheard of 100% you know there's no doubt he is a big draw card and um, as are some of the other players in this tournament uh, Matsuyama the uh, reigning champion first Japanese player to, to don the green jacket he's sitting nicely at, uh, in third position at the moment but let's look at the Aussies. Uh, Cam Smith, who's probably, um, I guess, probably one of our highest-ranking, uh, well, he is our highest-ranking player going into this tournament, uh, sitting number six in the world, sitting at two under, tied for six. A really good effort for him over the last two days. Yeah, he, um, Cam's uh, obviously had an amazing start to the year and, and a top fella to boot. But you know what? He sort of started a bit slow today, but he's done well to hang in there and, and grind it back towards the last, you know, birdie in a couple of the last four holes. But he's hit 74 and, and not even, not put himself out of the tournament, you know. A, a good round tomorrow, he goes out and, you know, you look at his first round, day one, he, he double bogeyed the first out of the 18th and still, short, still shot, you know, 68. So you, you take those two out of the equations, all of a sudden he shoots a 64. It's... You know, that's that's what the course sort of throws at you. So, you know, he's hanging in there tough. Oh, oh that's really good. Um, he'll be thereabouts on the weekend. His short game's phenomenal. That's, his putting strokes the best I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, the fact he had eight birdies in um, in the first round, the conditions are supposed to be supposed to be a bit easier tomorrow and then, then also Sunday weather-wise. Obviously, the course is not going to get any easier. But no. for someone who's got the ability to... To, to make birdies is certainly going to have an advantage over uh, on the on the weekend, and, and he's certainly one of those players. But there's certainly some some good players, as you mentioned mentioned up up the top there. And but but really, uh, Scotty Scheffler, who's, who's won three times since the 14th of February, is certainly the hottest player on, on the course at the moment. So you'd think that he'd nearly have to come back to the field for for him not to win the tournament. 
Rick, I'm going to put you on the spot, mate. Um, who's going to take out the green jacket, mate? Is it going to come from those sitting in the top five, six positions at the moment? Oh, I think so. It's going to be tough. You know, I wouldn't go any further back than, than Morikara. He's, you know, one under. Yep. Um, you know, he's tenth. You know, seven shots off. There's not a lot to make up around, the, around Augusta. Um, but, you know, I, I'm tipping if the weather sort of stays this way, I'm going to lean towards Larry or Matsuyama. There you go. There you go. Back to back for Matsuyama, possible. Um, mate, thanks for joining us, mate. We really appreciate it. Love talking the, uh, 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 what do you got, the Masters uh, from Augusta National. It's one of the favourite uh, tournaments. It's the first major of the year. Uh, and let's have our fingers crossed for the Aussie boys and see what they can come up with. Well, that's right. If, if I'd like to see anyone win, it'd be Cam Smith. But obviously, you know, yep. he, he'll, he'll be there about. Good on you, mate. Thanks for joining us, Rick. Really appreciate right, it. Thanks a lot. Thank you, mate. We're going to head to the news, uh, our final half hour. We've got uh, Luke King. We're going to talk uh, Formula One. It's on down in Melbourne. My goodness. Formula One is on. We've got a big day of racing. In fact, I'm heading down to the races. I'm pretty excited about all that. And, um, I, you know, what? Who, who knows what else we'll cover. We'll see what happens, mate. Plenty of sport. To Plenty of sport, mate. Plenty of sport. Head to the news. Again, Robson Civil with over 60 years of experience. We'll be back after the next break. Robson Civil, with over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience. Visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au BJ Howes Metal Land, the coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast. Q and welcome back. We are back live. Saturdays on the Coast from Terrigal Surf Club. Great day out here. The show's been good so far. I don't mind giving myself a wrap. We've done it right, haven't we, Burgo? I would think we've done very well. You, like, you, you, mate, you're controlling everything here beautifully. Mate, but, this is like the Muppets. You know, the two old blokes on the top of the bloody... Mate, the, the run sheet you've got here is fantastic. We're on time. Yeah, beautiful. I, I, I pretend I know what I'm doing, mate. That's all. <laughs> I pretend I know what I'm doing. Um, coming up, we have got Luke King. We're going to talk Formula One. This is down in Melbourne. The Formula One Grand Prix. I've been watching uh, Drive to Survive. Love the show. I haven't actually... I've started the first episode of... episode. Uh, sorry, the first... Episode of season four, um, but I'm really looking forward to seeing how that played out because, as we discussed last year, the dramas that happened in the last Grand Prix and how that was all decided. Wow, didn't that play out? Um, and Luke had some interesting thoughts on that, and I remember him talking about how it was basically manipulated to allow Verstappen to win the, the Formula One Grand Prix uh, championship um, and the, to deny Max Hamilton, uh, not Max Hamilton, uh, Lewis Hamilton the chance to do that. But the man that knows it all about motor racing uh, is Luke King. Luke, are you there, buddy? Yeah, boys, I'm here. Um, if, if you guys are, are the Muppets this weekend, then I'll be the, the Swedish chef coming in if you want with a bit of spaghetti. <laughs> I love it, mate. I love it. Yeah. Fantastic. Talk us through, buddy. What's going on down there in Melbourne at the moment? There must be so much hype. I know you're at Bathurst at the moment doing your own bit, but... Um, this is as exciting as it gets if you're a, a racing car driver. Yeah, absolutely, mate. It's been, what, 
you know, three years or something since we, we've had a Grand Prix here in Australia. So um, I think the, the crowd attendance yesterday at the, uh, the at Melbourne, was, or Albert Park, I should say, was over 110,000. And that's wow. just Friday practice. So I think we're, we're going to be seeing crowds up to about 140 or 150,000 capacity, which is uh, it's pretty huge. It's got to be one of the biggest sporting events um, in, in Australia this year, I reckon, Butte. So... Mm. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot going on down there. And obviously our boy, uh, Danny Rick, he's had a bit of a tough start to, to the season. But I think he's going uh, to rise to the challenge of his home Grand Prix and uh, put on a show for us. Yeah, Lightning, how are you, mate? Gary Birkinshaw here. Mate, um, I've made some changes to the track down there to obviously make it more interesting for the spectators and uh, you know, result in a, in a five-second improvement to the, to the track time down there. So what do you make of that? Yeah, good point, Burko. That's um, it's, it's a really good change, I think, to the Albert Park Grand Prix circuit. Um, we saw yesterday uh, in the supercar races, uh, my old teammate and, and good mate Chaz Mostert um, got himself a win there. There was a lot of the supercars that I think were delaminating tyres yesterday because of the, the nature of those track changes. It's so high speed there now that I think a lot of the, the technology from the supercars and the loading of those corners is sort of taking a toll on the tyre. Um, mm. And in, in terms of that with Formula One, I think we're seeing a, a nine-second increase in, in track time, which is pretty insane. Like, those those cars are really quick with the technology they've got in them now anyway. But this weekend, we're seeing what they call four DRS zones, which is a drag reduction system to, to help mm. um, assist with overtaking and that sort of thing. And because of those those corners that they've taken out they've you know they've lengthened some of the the radiuses of the corners to to make it more high speed and flowing there should be a lot of overtaking um and a a lot of battles down the down the straight this weekend mate what can we expect in qualifying who's going to be there or thereabouts mate i i think it's going to be ferrari to be honest i think it's going to be a red front row um I think that uh, that Max Verstappen's probably got a lot more pace than than what he was showing. Um, they they seem to be the the fastest of, of the cars through all of the the, the low to medium speed stuff. Um, but Ferrari are doing a, a great job of setting up their car to, to tackle the curb, use more of the circuit. So. I think it's going to be a Ferrari Red Bull battle, and uh, yeah, it, it looks pretty worrying for for most of the Mercedes teams up and down pit lane. Mm. Obviously, including the factory Mercedes team with Hamilton and Russell, but also the other cars that are using Mercedes power units, um, the McLarens, uh, the Aston Martins, um, they're struggling a bit. So um, it's it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, the old, uh, the wily old fox, Fernando Alonso, the, the Spanish two-time world champion, was P4 in practice yesterday for Alpine, um, and that's the best pace they've showed in in a good 12 months. So uh, everyone loves a, a bit of Fernando. So if, if he can put himself up the front, that'll be a crowd crowd favourite for sure. Yeah, Luke, uh, Danny Ricciardo finished. I think he was tied 10th. I think yesterday in the first uh, first practice qualifying. Um, how do you expect that he will actually go? Oh look, mate. I, I think, as as you know, like when you when you're playing at your home footy ground and you've got you've got the fans behind you, I, I think you sort of you raise to to the occasion. Um, he was certainly quick yesterday, and that's been the the quickest that McLaren have, have sort of been all year. Um, I, I think we're going to see good things from from Danny Rick. He seems really relaxed in all of his interviews at the moment. 
Um, and, you know, with a teammate like Norris, I think both of them, although the Drive to Survive series kind of is portraying them to be uh, battling against each other, I, I think they work really well, and they're, they're both really good drivers, so uh, they'll push those cars to the front. Mate, tell us a bit about what you're doing. You're out at Bathurst at the moment. Give us a bit of an update of uh, what's happening in your world, mate. Yeah, so we're actually, we're, we're not about to this week. We're out over the, the Easter long weekend. So I'm mm. uh, prepping for, uh, for, yeah, the third round of the TCR Australia series. So um, we've got some press releases that will come out next week um, around my deal. But uh, I can give you a, a bit of an inside scoop that we're, uh, we're switching teams. We're, uh, yeah, changing manufacturers. So there'll be uh, some cool stuff for, for people to read about us leading up to, to the Bathurst six-hour event over Easter. Good, good on you, mate. That's good news. It's great to hear um, things progressing for you in your career, which is fantastic. And, you know, we wish you all the best with all those opportunities. Mate, 25 words or less, who's going to take out the Melbourne Grand Prix uh, in 2022? I think that it's going to be Charles Leclerc, mate. I think we're going to see Red on the podium. Uh, we're going to have our first Monogast driver uh, taking the, the win in Australia this weekend. He's, he's looked good all year, so and I think this track's going to suit the, the Ferraris, mate. So what about you, boys? What's your pick for the weekend? Mate, I wouldn't have a clue. I would, you know what? I'm going to go... I'll go Max Verstappen. I think Max will do the okay. again. I got there's no root, there's no yeah. rhyme or reason. It's just like me picking a horse in the races. I got no yeah. idea. <laughs> well, <laughs> what about Burko? Where's Where's Burko at? Is he left the field or where are you, mate? Mate, yeah, no, I'll go Verstappen as well. I, I just think that he's pretty consistent. Clark's very, very good, very fast. But I'll think uh, no, Max might uh, Max might take this one out. There you go. Well, there you got it. The two Muppets have said Max Verstappen and the expert has gone with Charles Leclerc. I reckon Charles Leclerc's got it in the bag. Yeah, correct. Hey, mate, thanks for joining us, Luke. Wish you all the very best, mate. No worries. Good on you, buddy. Thank you very much. That's uh, Luke Lightning, Luke King, um, joining us and uh, talking all things Formula One. Look, we're going to head. We're going to head to a break. Yeah, you're going to yeah, say, mate. Looking forward to that, those announcements coming out. Oh, be really good. Hundred percent, mate. Robson Civil, with over 60 years of experience, uh, of leading civil construction experience. Visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au. We'll take a break. We're going to get Steve-O, the man, talk about his uh, what he's done up at the Aussie titles. Robson Civil, with over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience. Visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au. BJ Howes Metal Land, the coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast. Welcome back. Saturdays on the Coast, probably brought to you by McDonald Jones Home. Get your dream McDonald Jones Home started today. Uh, we're here live from Terrigal Surf Club, and we're... Coming into the home straight, 15 minutes to go, Burko. Gee, we've done a good job, mate. It's been good, hasn't it? Gee, no, I love, love being here. It's just a oh. really good atmosphere here. And, uh, mate, you're doing a really job. It's good job as the as the lead, mate. It's been excellent. Yeah. Great guests, really we're, great guests. Yeah, they have been good. We've, yeah. You know, we've ticked off on, uh, we just had Lightning Luke King talking about the Formula One Grand Prix. We had David Fairley talking all things NRL. John Strange, the uh, coach of the NRLW side. Uh, the Rooster side, who will be playing up against the St. George Laura Dragons uh, tomorrow at 1.30 in the NRLW Grand Final. Um, Nick Montgomery, the Mariners coach, who has done an outstanding job with these boys, and, and they take on Sydney FC tonight uh, at Central Coast Stadium, uh, which is a big game for them, there's no doubt about that. Um, and we're pretty fortunate now 
Some guy called Steve Allen um, apparently wants to come on the air and say a few things about his performances up uh, at the Aussie Surf Life Saving title. Steve, are you there? Hey, boys. Good morning. I've uh, been listening to you on the... We're road tripping. We did yes. pass the Yamba exit. It's full steam ahead towards Coffs Harbour. And during that commercial break, Sharon and I did like a Red Bull driver change. So oh, right. I'm now in the co-pilot position. Fantastic, mate. Sitting back, relaxing and enjoying. Mate, uh, how'd you go up there, buddy? A bronze medal. Uh, always happy to get on the podium when it comes to Aussie titles. Yeah, look, it was, it was fantastic. Because it just... Uh, a section of the motorway where service might not be great, so hopefully we don't drop out. But um, yep. can I just pick up on a couple of things from the show this morning? I, I really listened with interest that ACLA spoke about the centre position in rugby league. Like, mm. I really enjoyed that conversation. And if I go back to some of my favourite all time centres, well, I can't go past a couple of Queenslanders, Buttes, and, and Gurus, though, Chris Close. I think he's man of the match in the first couple of State of Origin matches. Alongside him is a young police officer from South in Brisbane, Mal Menenga. Now, a lot of the coaches these days, Butes, they're, they're running back rowers in the centres, yep. aren't they? Like Billy Army Pickow, for example. But you think of some of the great centres, even GI more recently, he wasn't playing fullback, was a superstar in the centres. The last thing they want is a back rower out there. What do you want about that? Uh, mate, I, I agree with you 100%. And you know what? Daisy made a really good point about the quality of uh, centres and the fact that you give them uh, early ball means that they can do their stuff. And I, I don't understand. It's not about... And sometimes these ball players feel that they need to go to the line and create opportunities. You know what? The greatest opportunity, I think Nico Hines is probably one of the best at this, is his timing with his passing is ideal. He knows the ideal time to pass the ball and to give that man outside him plenty of space and plenty of time to do what they've got to do. That's why you've got him in your yeah. side, to actually do the stuff that they yeah. need to do. It's like, give him the time and space to be able to do it. Well, the, the other one, of course, is the Pearl Steve Rennett. Like, you know, you've got a Ferrari that's a couple wide of the rut, and, yeah. you know, put them one-on-one and let them work their magic. Hey, uh, the other thing I picked up on, I, I've been watching the golf. My brother and his wife, they play competition golf, and they absolutely love it, so... I was up at about 5.30 and I was watching the Masters and Cameron Smith, I mean, what about his first round, Burko? He had 30s and maybe six bogeys in that opening round, but boy, if he can get going across the weekend, he is just a sensational player. So all these empty hosts, Burko, riding on Cameron Smith. Yeah, you're right there. He's our best chance. And you know, he, he double bogeyed one and then come back, had eight, eight birds, and then double bogeyed 18. So he, could, he probably realistically probably should have been six under after the first round. Today, the putts probably didn't drop like they did on, on day one, but he certainly put himself right back in the in the tournament. And, you know, he has another round like he did in, in round one. And, and come by tomorrow evening, going into the last round, he'll be he'll be yeah, in some of the last groups. Yeah, 100%. And, Steve, hey, look, uh, we're interviewing you, mate. We're interviewing you. So sit back and tell <laughs> us about your Aussie titles and how you perform, mate. Yeah, well, I know you're at Terrigal Surf Club, so that's probably mm. where we should start uh, in the Masters. Hayden Smith, who's been a great friend of the show, I mean, the guy is like a machine. He, he won the Ironman again this year. He won his own surf race, and he won the race. He won some team events as well, including a remarkable paddle in the board relay, which is three paddlers. And he gave a, a paddler from Palm Beach, Queensland, about a 50-metre start in 40 on a 400-metre course. So wow. just incredible by Hayden Smith. 
I'll say this about Paul Lamont. I think he's now on 99 gold medals in his illustrious career. So he's one shy of the century of gold medals, but he's probably had the toughest run. Uh, look, it's a real shame it appears we've lost Steve-O. I know he's on the uh, the freeway there, um, and he was going to tell us all about how Paul Lamont uh, was performing, and of course we didn't get to hear how well Steve-O is performing. We're going to have to take a quick break. We'll be back. Ten minutes to go, and we've got Brownie, Dave Brown, the race expert. We've got a big day coming up at the races today. Day two of the championship. We'll be back just after this break. Robson Civil, with over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience. Visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au BJ Howes Metal Land, the coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast. Welcome back to Saturdays on the Coast, coming to you live from Terrigal Surf Club. Proudly sponsored by Robson Civil, with over 60 years of experience. Last little episode we have got right now coming to us live from Melbourne, uh, our man Dave Brown. We're going to talk all things racing. Brown, are you there? Huge morning, mate. How are you? Good morning, mate. Look, we've got about four or five minutes, mate. Let's say, let's make this quick. Queen Elizabeth Stakes, talk us through the oh. day, mate. The championship, second day of the championship. Uh, it's a big, oh. big day down there at Randwick. Look, I've got to say, I think this could be the best horse race. Uh, that I can remember maybe in the last 10 years, mate. It is Oof. it is just an incredible Queen Elizabeth. We've got form lines coming from everywhere. We've got the best uh, best weight for age horses running around, 2,000 metres. Um, they've got to contend with a heavy 10, so we've got a heavy mm. track. But all the lead-up form into the, into the, uh, the championships weeks two, uh, into this race, most of it has been on wet and rain-affected ground, so we've got a bit of yep. a line-up uh, and a way to assess the form. But my goodness, it's, it's a race where genuinely uh, there's probably six strong winning chances uh, in the Queen Elizabeth today. Um, and we're talking about nine horses in the field. So uh, we, we see the champion very elegant. I, I actually think that there's no two ways about it. She's going to run a big race today. Um, she always does. But I actually think it might be time for a couple of the younger ones to step up uh, and maybe take the mantle uh, going forward. Horses like Animo, uh, Dewey, um, Dewey's winning the Tancred leading into this. The turn of foot she showed at the end of that. To spank that field was just very impressive. Her sprint might be a little dull uh, on the heavy 10, mm-hmm. uh, but it's not to say that, you know, that uh, she can't perform that sprint today. But look, in, in that, you've got Zaki as well. Zaki, tremendous horse in great form. I'm thunderstruck. Uh, who to me is another star that's going to be around for the next few years. Has got the group ones, got the weight for age form. Um, 2,000 metres today. Um, it, it's hard to say how I'm, I think I'm Thunderstruck's going to be there as well. But um, it, it's a race that I've got to say that I have had a little bit of a wager, but it's a race that uh, the main reason I didn't go hard on any horses because I just want to sit back and watch a few. It's just going to be it's just going to be amazing. Mate, I know you're excited about your race, and it, I can tell in your voice how much it means to you. We've got Burko here. He wants to ask a couple of questions about the other races too, mate. Mate, four group ones, sure. mate. What's your best for the day? Oh, look, okay, probably I'm going to go against what most people are tipping in, in race one. It's not one of the group ones, but in race one, uh, up the top of the weights, you've got a horse called Moko, who was just edged out by the favourite last start. Um, I, I think Moko's a horse that is is probably... Well, I'm definitely better without the heavy conditions, but last up, these two paired off and just 
gone away. So, look, mate, I'm probably making Moco my best bet at around the $3.30 mark uh, for, for Sydney today, mate, on, on, on the wet track, yes. But I like Moco there. But there's some value. The Sydney Cup's an outstanding race as well this year. You've got a horse like the Chosen One to lead up the distance. Uh, you've got Dequant uh, Saint um, as well. That's a good price. Lunties is running well, um, but I don't have any. I don't have any real standout. There is one that I do like at a big each way price in the last in Melbourne. Though a horse called Agrimony. It was an emergency. It gets in now, uh, and I think at the moment it's around eighteen to twenty to one. So in race nine at Caulfield, uh, a little each way yes. uh, on Agrimony. But the other one at value maybe in the Sydney Cup is uh, is the Doosday. And that's a huge price. But the Doosdart, uh, the Doosdart could also be one worth having a couple of bucks each way. Good on you, Brownie. Thanks for those tips, mate. The get-out stakes, I love that one. Thanks to our technician, <laughs> Josh. Adam Staples back in the studio. Burko, great job today, mate. And we'll see you next week.